With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Today, 
and we're going to talk about this Royal Rumble winner who we're going to unveil here in just a little bit. And we're going to talk about him, and we're going to make sure that you all chip in and, and let us know your thoughts on him as well. So we're going to have some fun, and we're going to have a, a great time. And I'm really, really excited about um, what what we have in store for 145 episodes today and beyond. Man, we got some good stuff in store, Derek. Yeah, hey, I'd say we do. I mean, we got a plenty of good stuff. We've always had good stuff. Pancakes and power slams, ladies and gentlemen. We're turning 150 weeks old. I mean, that's a milestone yes, for for anything. So this is 145. We're still enjoying our 140s, which we always do every week, or whatever episode it might be. If it's episode 650,920, we still would not have enough to say in 90 minutes. That's absolutely right. 90 minutes is never enough. Whatever 1,000 you said, 500, 620,000, whatever you said, I don't I don't know if I'm even 620,000 years old. So, or 620,000 weeks old. So, let's do some let's do some real quick math here. So, 620, you said 620,000, right? Or you say 6,020. 620,000. 620,000. So in years, that is 11,923 years. So I don't quite know if we'll be able to do that. 920 weeks. Let's see how much 920 weeks is. 920 weeks is 17 years. So, um, hey, I, I think that that could be that could be doable. Uh, I think that uh, well, almost eighteen years. So, I can definitely see our show going on for eighteen years. What do you think? Yeah, I could, but we may have to talk about something else because I don't know if the WWE the way they're going, are they going to be around <laughs> for that many more years? But now we could always talk well, about they the have I mean, wrestling itself, we can we've got over 150 years of research we could talk about. So, absolutely, we're doing okay. Absolutely, yeah, uh, you got it totally 100% correct. All that years of research—that's the reason why we have new and fresh flavor of the week episodes because there's always something to talk about. That's why that's one of my favorite segments of the night, and we—that's actually. A lot of our viewers, one of our a lot of our viewers' favorite segments of the night too is the flavor of the week because it's always something to talk about. It's a random wrestling topic, and it's always like a whole lot of fun. And the thing is, you know, of course, it's good to have formatted radio shows. I've been radio for you know upwards of well for a few years now. This this show has been uh, is approaching its third year in three months, and that. How about that, Derek? We are th- we'll be three years old in April. Wow, I'll be that's that's something else, you know. Thank yes. everybody, Casey Power Slam Public. We thank you. Yes, absolutely. Three years old. I I think about that a lot. I think about just how much, um, just just the support that we've had over the past few years. Um, just the awesome 
awesome connections that I have uh, established over the past few years. Of course, you know, still being with Bleacher Report, awesome people over there. And, you know, of course, RealWrestling.net is probably one of the best connections that I've had since the show. Awesome people over at RealWrestling.net, a very tight-knit wrestling-heavy community over at RealWrestling.net. And, of course, all the uh, up-to-the-minute news and rumors over at RealWrestling.net. And during the show, it's actually one of my favorite parts of the show, just to interact with um, all of the comment, uh, the comment board, all of the all of the uh, dedicated viewers over at RealWrestling.net. The comment board is always awesome, and of course, I love the trivia part. Trivia is just always super duper awesome, and as Derek would know. I'm very good in trivia, so I give other people the opportunity to uh, to do it. And so I give Derek the opportunity to do it, uh, and sometimes he succeeds, sometimes he fails. And, you know, and then the, the people over at RealWrestling.net uh, comment board, uh, there's a few there, there's a there's a, a few people, probably two or three, that are really really good, and and I absolutely love that. I love really really good wrestling trivia people. Derek has his good days. I remember, um, and even the time is flying. That was almost five and a half years ago that we worked together. That's that's absolutely crazy. Um, but and just when we used to do trivia, and I've shared this story before, I met Derek about five and a half years ago, and we worked uh, together, and we I found out that he was an indie wrestler, and he found out that I was a journalist, and uh, I I was a wrestling journalist, and an avid wrestling fan, a wrestling connoisseur, and we just we just hit it off really, really fast and, and just started wrestling, just started wrestling, writing wrestling trivia all day, every day. That was really the, the, the lifeblood of that job. I didn't think it was too bad of a job. Derek hated it, but I'm not going to say the company, you know, just, uh, for, just to make sure that <laughs> the, our attorneys don't get calls. But I, you know, I, it was it was the, the lifeblood of, of the of the job was Derek and I writing pancakes and uh, well writing writing uh, uh, trivia to lead to, to pancakes and power slams and and he was definitely behind the movement and um, I I founded uh, pancakes and power slams I I wanted to uh, start a, re- a wrestling radio show. I didn't have much expertise. I, I'm a huge sports radio fan as far as listening to sports radio. Um, and a lot of you know that I'm a huge sports fan, period. Wrestling's my favorite, but uh, college football is a very, 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 very close second, like a fraternal twin second, a younger fraternal twin close second. That's how close it is. And uh, college basketball, huge college basketball fan. Uh, NFL, huge NFL fan, uh, and 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 pro basketball, huge Bulls fan, and so I, I but but so so based on those 
you know that, that was really the expertise that I that I acquired by but I but I had a passion just to do radio. And so I uh I I cast the net out to a few people and a few people responded. Uh and I and I just really mapped out the vision to them one of them being uh our analyst our pancakes and power slams analyst uh and um has his own segment the Ryan's Den Ryan Fuqua. Uh, he was definitely accepted, accepting and susceptible to, uh, to to the vision, and he was on board, uh, totally on board, and that was very exciting. And so it was great. And then Derek, he was on board from day one as well. Uh, Derek started off started off as a chat room moderator uh, from from the beginning, to, uh, the very beginning, and uh, he then had his own uh, segment. Um, it probably did about two or three minutes, uh, about anywhere between two to five minutes an episode, having his own segment every week, and then he uh, got promoted to uh, the uh, well. He was the the, the the pancakes and power slam. Well, he was the raw commentator, uh, raw com uh, commentator, and then he got promoted over to uh, the co-host. And I think that was one of the best decisions that I could have made, having Derek as my co-host. The great, uh, the, the great dynamic about us is that uh, uh, we agree with a lot, but we disagree with some as well, and so that's all, that's always a great dynamic with any uh, two hosts uh, of a show. So I want to thank you all. This is my 145th episode speech, and I'm I'm just very very thankful uh, that we just. I mean, we've got two big 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 interviews coming up next week, and then. Uh, five weeks uh, at 150, and just really thinking about that, and really think about people, uh, you know, giving me, uh, contacting me to be on the show, and just the thankfulness and the gratefulness that I have uh, for that, and just the amazing um, connections that we've made over the past three years, nearly three years, is definitely something that I will forever be grateful for. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree, everybody. Uh, our Pancakes and Power Slams public loves us. I mean, three years in the making. I mean, we're not going to get any. We're not going anywhere. It's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's going to explode. It's going to get into cable TV, satellite TV. It's going to. Yeah. I mean, it's going to go all over the place. And um, I'm excited to be a part of it. Thank you very much for all the props. Also, want to uh, mention one thing. This time next week. Since you're such a college football guy, who's going to hold the national championship? <laughs> I think that's an absolute no-brainer. The the 2014 NCAA national champions. Well, you know, you know what. I think that I can best describe it um with I, I think I'm gonna do something I, I think I'm gonna do something a little bit uh audio to ex uh, to describe how much I want to uh explain to you who's gonna win the national championship. Now let me preface this audio by saying this. They thought we weren't going to be here, but they were absolutely wrong. So, with that being said, here you go. 
just in case, just in case uh, that was not uh, the best audio in the world, uh, I think that I, I'll be able to bring it back up here soon. But the point of the matter is, the Ohio State Buckeyes will win the national championship. There's no, there's absolutely no doubt to that. And people didn't think we were going to be here. So with that being said, here's to all the haters. Enthusiasts, but I mean, when it comes to this, wow, <laughs> we're also we're Buckeyes too. So, I mean, this is—we've had our downtime, football and the program and all this stuff, but we're we're our third-string quarterback, Chris. Our third-string quarterback, and he's here. We are, we are, and and that's what's so amazing about Ohio State is that. As a matter of fact, let's take about five or ten minutes to talk about Ohio State because Ohio State deserves a special place in the Pancakes and Power Sam's episode 145. Why? Because this is the first ever NCAA playoff national championship and Ohio State decides to make history of being one of the first teams. See, it's it's a history-making night regardless. I'm not going for Oregon at all, not 1%. But this would be Oregon's first national championship. I would not want them to beat Ohio State to win their very first national championship. But there's still history with that. But the history comes with this. If and when Urban Meyer wins the national championship, he would be the second person in college football history to win two national championships with different teams. And, the, of course, the other person being Nick Saban with LSU and Alabama. So it would put it would, it would further enshrine Urban Meyer as one of the best. And, and granted, and, and by the way, the guy's only 50 years old, so he at least has another 10 years left in him. At least another ten years, I would imagine. Yeah, he took a, he took a couple years off. He wanted to he wanted to take a deep breath from from football. You know, was stressing him out, and he was getting some complications from it. Um, you know, from from what a lot of people were saying and what uh, the you know uh, what the, what how it was alleged. But he came back, and not only did he come back, he came back to the best football franchise in the history of the NCAA. So he made a great decision to come back because he was doing commentary for ESPN. But not only did he come back, 
he came back for Ohio for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. And not only did he come back for the Ohio State Buckeyes, he was undefeated in his first year in 2011. Granted, there was some sanctions on Ohio State. We couldn't go, you know, the the further we could go was the Michigan game. But 11 and 0 was his first year. Absolutely amazing. And he did not lose a game until the Big Ten Championship against Michigan State. So Urban Meyer went two straight regular seasons being undefeated. As a matter of fact, I, I just it, it was in the, the the he was you know number one uh, winning streak, and as a matter of fact, Ohio State once again holds that uh, title uh, of the winning streak, uh, twelve games. So we are the uh, we we're number one again on winning streak. So there's so much amazingness about being an Ohio State fan the past four years, uh, three, four years. Um, it seemed like when Luke Fickle was the head coach, everything was just going to tank from there. But Urban Meyer, he kept Luke Fickle, ended up being a decent decision. And the the Ohio State Buckeyes, by this time next week, I will once again be playing the fight song. We are going to win. Haters are going to hate. They didn't think we could slay the. They didn't think David could slay Goliath, and they didn't think Ohio State could beat Alabama. Well, I've got news for you, Ohio State haters, including Mark May and David Pollock. You were wrong. You were wrong, and not only were you wrong, Ohio State dominated. Alabama. Granted, they had a last-minute touchdown in the last few minutes of the game. But Ohio State, all in all, time of possession, total yardage, third-down possessions, they dominated Alabama. That seemed impossible. They were a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, and they got dominated by the Ohio State Buckeyes, the same team that people threw away game two against Virginia Tech. They threw him away. Braxton Miller was gone. They threw him away. But J.T. Barrett went 11-1. He got hurt. They threw him away. Cardell Jones came out, and now his nickname's 12-Gage because he's so popular because he beat Wisconsin. He shut out Wisconsin, and he beat Alabama. How about that, Ohio State naysayers? What else do you got in the arsenal? Because it would be stricken down once again. So I'm fired up about Ohio State. Ohio State will win, and they will win against Oregon. And Mariota will have something coming for him that he's never witnessed in his Heisman career. There's my two cents on Ohio State. That was a beautiful two cents, Chris. This is, I mean, we've been there twice and lost. Uh, We lost to LSU. We lost to Miami. Miami, I'm sorry. We won against Miami. Lost to Florida. And third time's a charm. Urban Meyer doesn't lose. And it's, there's nothing, I, I don't you can't explain. There's nothing that Oregon has, possesses, that a high state can't defeat, can't take. Ezekiel Elliott himself, just 
Absolutely. Just yes. tears the house down. Yes. I mean, this is it. Again, it's our third-string quarterback. Nobody else. No other team could do that with their third-string quarterback. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> the third-string quarterback who's a red-shirt sophomore, by the way. So, and the thing is, we're not even supposed to be here. Ezekiel Elliott is a sophomore. Cardell Jones is a sophomore. And JT Barrett's a redshirt freshman. Uh, uh, Jalen Marshall's a true freshman. So it's there. It's 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 going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, Deron Lee, the MVP for the the defensive MVP, he's a sophomore. So it's there's gonna it's gonna get better and better. And, it, and the amazing thing about that game is we made so many mistakes about in that game. There were so many errors that we can, you know, we can, we can, there right wrongs. There were so many moments that we made really rash and just weird and crazy decisions, in, including deciding to go for a passing play at a minute 50 left, left in the game. That was absolutely ridiculous. A long passing play, by the way. And I understand we wanted to give him the dagger, but it, it, we were not there yet as far as <laughs> making those type of plays. There's not enough chemistry between um, uh, Devin Smith and, and Cardell Jones, although it's definitely increasing. It's not there yet to make plays like that. But, I mean, there was still a mistake, but we still dominated Alabama. So uh, we're going to right those wrongs, and, and we're going to just improve. The, you know, we had two weeks to, to, to make a well, week and a half to make, you know, to make the adjustments, and we're definitely going to make the adjustments. I'm sure that Urban Meyer is watching a, a bunch of tape, watching the game over and over and over again to make sure that we don't make those similar mistakes. But I tell you what, the defense, the the, the defense that we've shown the past month, the, I would say a few games into um, the end of the season, uh, and then the the Big Ten championship game and the Alabama game, the defense that we've shown, the young defense that we've shown is the best in the country. Bar none, hands down, best in the country. And Marcus Mariota, although he's a very, very good quarterback, and I think he should have won the Heisman because he's fantastic, and their hurry-up offense is a very good juggernaut for uh, their 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 team, he's going to he's gonna get hit so hard, and he's going to get confused so much with that defense, with, with Michael Bennett and, uh, and, and Bosa. Uh, yeah, and and Bosa, th- that he's he's definitely not going to understand how to do it uh, and how to play because he's going to get confused. So, and, and Joey Bosa is an absolutely you know awesome, awesome, awesome defensive um, defensive player. So, yeah, I'm really excited about it. That was that was <laughs> that was worth taking the time more than any. Uh, raw talk that we possibly could do. This is the last, this is the only opportunity from a national standpoint that we had the opportunity to talk about the upcoming national championship game. And I'm really, really, really excited about it. So Pancakes and Power Slams had an uh, an added bonus this week of Ohio State football talk. And uh, if I think that might happen next year. Uh, I think that might happen next week as well. So it's going to be really, really interesting. All right, Derek, you're up. 
uh, first question of the night. What was uh, what was Jim Hurd going to call Ric Flair if he had stayed in the WCW during his era? What was Jim Hurd going to call Ric Flair if he was still around, if he decided to stay during the Jim Hurd era? What was his name going to be? I want to say Spartacus. Ha <laughs> ha! Well, looks like you've done your research uh, the past week or so, because you're absolutely right. He was going to be called Spartacus, and he was going to have to force to have his hair cut and have earrings. And uh, that would have absolutely just been just been ridiculous. So, the, the Ric Flair becoming Spartacus, that just really goes to show how much Jim Hurd cared about... <laughs> Cared about the, uh, the 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 product at that time. That was just absolutely ridiculous. That um, that that Jim Hurd. I mean, it, it really goes to show that he had no type of passion, no type of history, no type of background towards uh, towards pro wrestling. Period, and a legendary name like Ric Flair, who. At that time, was already more than ten years an established main eventer and a multi-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. It's just absolutely amazing that we that that, that ever happened. And I tell you what, man, I I, <laughs> I would absolutely love to to get Jim Hurt on this show because <laughs> I would. As a matter of fact, I want to see what I can do. Never say never because. I remember as the Pancakes and Power Slam show uh, started to grow and, and just, you know, me me getting my, my, my very first uh, interview and just the connections that came with uh, the, the popularity of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. You know, I never thought that I would get all the interviews that I've had, you know, in the past three years, the Carlitos and Tyler Rex and Elijah Burke and Crimson and uh, Caprice Coleman. And um, I'm sure that you know, there, there's, there, there was a Hanson was another really, really good interview. Uh, and just the, 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 the people that, that has been interviewed in the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I'm really, Moose is a, another good interview. Um, it's it, never say never because I never thought that uh, you know I, I, it was hard to imagine in the very beginning that I would have uh, such amazing interviews and uh, ha- have access and have great connections that has established through the show to be able to get these interviews. So never say never. And Jim Hurd, although it seems like. <laughs> Although it seems like that could never happen, you know. Hey, I'm I'm gonna reach out to every contact that I that I have and see if I can get Mr. 75 year old Jim Hurd on this show. I have no idea what he's doing the past 20 years, um, but I'm gonna be sure to 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 reach out to to my connections and and see if someone knows someone who knows someone who can give Jim Hurd a call and get him on the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Now that, all the interviews that we've had on the show have been absolutely fantastic, and I'm very thankful. But that would have another 
layer of intrigue to it. I definitely would. You got someone like Jim Hurd. I don't know what would we ask him. I mean, but of course I know we'd ask him, but so he wouldn't feel like a feel like an idiot. Uh, but uh, if you can get him on here, I will give you ten dollars. Everybody, that's the best around the world. If Jim Hurd is on this show, I'll give Chris Featherstone ten dollars and a handshake. Well, I will keep that in mind. <laughs> And I'll try not to make fun of his uh, Tennessee Titans anymore. Uh, well, I know that's going to be a lost bet, but because I know that you will, especially this year, because I'm making fun of the Tennessee Titans this year, and really sad. But the good part of it is that we have the second pick, and most likely going to be either Jameis Winston or it's going to be Marcus Mariota. So it depends on who uh, Tampa Bay picks. I believe Tampa Bay's uh the first pick this year. They'll it's, pick Mariota, trust me. No one's going yeah, to pick Winston. <laughs> um, I, I, I think seeing how Jake Locker should have never been a premier quarterback, he should have never been – the guy, like it, just makes it. I just have no idea why um, the Tennessee Titans decided to make Jake Locker the starting quarterback and, and the go-to guy to, to you know overhaul the Tennessee Titans. Now, granted, you know people like Tom Brady. Uh, well, man, Russell Wilson to an extent. Russell Wilson was okay at Wisconsin. You know, he, well, he was he was actually pretty good at Wisconsin. He wasn't he wasn't amazing, but he was he was good. But he wasn't a, uh, he wasn't one of the best in the in the league for sure. And of course, Tom Brady, you know, was <laughs> was carrying bags in Michigan. So, you know, I, and he's one of the best best ever. So, I it, it doesn't, and I think even people like. Uh, uh, Brett Favre, I think he, I think he came. Where did Brett Favre come from? Was it Fresno State that he came from? Um, uh, we'll get my interns to, to, uh, to, to look at that and see where he came from. But he wasn't, as far as I remember, he wasn't like the biggest um, Southern Miss is where, where where he came from. Nineteen ninety one draft pick from Southern Miss. But yeah, Southern Miss wasn't. Uh, you know, they 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 had up and up and down years, but they never really, um, you know, they, they they never was really one of the best. I mean, I think they beat Florida State. Um, that was probably one of their biggest uh, uh, wins, uh, beating Florida State. But other than that, they weren't you know the best uh, at all. I know that he. I know that even back then he had a a crap ton of uh, interceptions, just like he did in the <laughs> in the pros. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just that's my point. You know, having a ton of interceptions, playing a year for Atlanta before you know really cementing himself in Green Bay, wasn't one of the best uh, high, uh, college backs. Second round, you know, pick for uh, for the Falcons. 
only played a year and, you know, end up being called the gunslinger and one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So that's that, that's my point. Uh, it doesn't always take a, a top-notch, you know, uh, very known college back to be good. So, um, so I will give Jake Locker that. However, you know, I, I still won't. He hasn't proved himself, and he won't prove himself because he's just not a good NFL back. He's, he, he just he just won't be. So, so what's going on with your brownies for next year? Uh, the brownies for next year, I think pretty much they should probably get rid of their owner. Um, I'd keep the head coach. I would make Brian Hoyer the secondary quarterback, and uh, Johnny Manziel could probably hit the road. I, I don't see anything yeah. with him. He's just a punk. But I think we all knew that going into it. But, uh, I mean, I'm not too disappointed because I didn't think much of him. I mean, the hype was cool. The hype was fun. Johnny Football's in Cleveland, and but still, same old Browns. They, you know, I'm a Browns fan, ladies Who's and gentlemen. Starting? So don't. Don't lynch me. Who's going to start? Um, yeah, who's going to start for you? They're probably going to start John and Manziel, but they've got nobody else. They have no one to throw to. I mean, their season was better than usual, but uh, they're just going to get a lousy draft pick, probably somewhere in the mid-20s, I can assume. Yeah. I'm looking too much. The Bengals lost. That made me happy, so they're out. Uh yeah, I'm not I'm not a Bengals fan, but I was hoping, you know, I was I was hoping for uh someone from Ohio to to at least represent. Um I was not happy. Uh I I wasn't happy. And I I I can't stand Indy. I can't stand the Colts. So um, you know, that's <laughs> the Indiana borders Ohio, but I, I no. I was not. I'm not happy. I don't like the Colts, <clears throat> and I just wanted to be something different. But the Bengals has have not won a playoff game for 25 years, 26 years now. So, uh, yeah, I think the thing was 89 was the last or not 89 or 90. So at least 25 years. The last time wow. the I was the, the Bengals grade. won a playoff. Yeah, <laughs> no, you were fourth grade, I think it was in ninety. Uh, so, yeah, I oh my goodness, it's absolutely ridiculous, and that, that's the point. Like, of course, the Browns, you know, they they won their championship when it was seventy when they had uh, Jim Brown. So, or was it sixty-four? Was it sixty-four? Yeah. Wow. Oh, goodness. That's absolutely ridiculous. And so there has not been any proper representative. I mean, when they had Boomer Esiason back in the late 80s and early, you know, well, late, primarily in the late 80s, I mean, they, you know, they, the, the Bengals were a team. And then, you know, they went on a drought for so long and picked themselves back up when Marvin Lewis came. But, yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton is a decent quarterback he's he's not like you know the guy but he's a decent he's a solid quarterback and you know I was hoping that uh, they would do something but it just seems like the the, the Bengals were so used to losing a playoff game that I, I watched the game I, I, I watched the game between them and, and the Colts and yeah it just really seemed as if they were just mentally defeated 
during like early in the game, it just really seemed as if they <laughs> they just they just bombed. I mean, they just didn't care. So that, that's what's really sad uh, about the Ohio teams, and really, really, really sad. Uh, you're right. 1964 was the last time they won uh, four total uh, in the 50s. The Brownies were, were were they won they won they won three national championships in the 50s. Uh, but yeah, uh, but other than that, <laughs> other than that, uh, speaking of the Colts, they 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 beat the Colts in, in 64. Uh, so that. That is good, but 1964 was what 51 years ago. So, so that's the that's the last time um, the Browns won the, the the Super Bowl. So, not good, and uh, and yeah, it's Ohio is just not really good when it comes to postseason um, postseason play in the in the NFL as far as the far as the Bengals concerned, um they have never won a uh Super Bowl. So <laughs> they they've yeah, they've never been never ever. So uh not good, not good. But that forty five minutes of, of football talk was like very cool and better than anything that happened on Raw. So <laughs> with with that being said, uh First half football talk was uh, probably one of the best things that we've ever done, <laughs> and pancakes of power slams, and we might uh, and we might implement a little bit more of it coming soon, um, because you can always pancake someone when you tackle them. Uh, pan- pancakes. Before we go to raw talk, the whole point of the pancakes we have quite we have we've had these questions before. The whole point of the pancake is. Um, there was just a, a list of names that uh, Ryan and I when, when I, when I gave him the vision, I didn't have a name for the show yet. And uh, there was just a bunch of names that we came up with and we drew it from a hat. And pancake. And the origin of pancakes and power slams is it's like, you know, you wake up, you, 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 it's, a, it's a late night solution to your early morning rush. Is, is what uh, the old uh, slogan was. We haven't really used it in a couple of years, but you know, it's one of those things that you stay up late, you're listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show, and just the reflection of uh, the show and the amazing uh, discussions that we had, the Flavor of the Week episode, gives you a nice pick me up and a nice perk to your work day for the next day. So you, you eat your pancakes, you think about the show, it's that, and it's also, you know, a, a wrestling move when people flatten people and, and pancake them as far as just flattening them. So uh, that's what a pancake is as far as a, a wrestling maneuver is. But it's also a football term, too, when someone gets pancaked, um, they get, like, flattened when they get tackled. So technically we can insert some football in there as well and and uh, I'm sure that we'll have some lot of more fun to talk about than, than than the raw product but 
something we'll uh, we'll consider uh, bringing in some some football coming into 2015. So all you football fans out there who listen to or avid listeners to the Pancakes and Power Slam show, let us know your thoughts. So we're always looking to to get your thoughts. Should we talk more football on the Pancakes and Power Slam show? We're big avid wrestling fans. Wrestling is our deal. So no matter what. You know, the majority of what we talk about is going to be wrestling because we're diehard wrestling fans. We're diehard football fans, too, but diehard wrestling fans. This is a wrestling show. But, you know, there might be episodes that we – might be an episode here and there that uh, we spend a lot of time talking about uh, football. Might be, uh, you know, uh, episode here and there that we spend some time talking about current events. Um, you know, it's all it's been three almost three years and so we're always looking for expansion. So be sure to email CraveWrestling at gmail dot com. Email CraveWrestling at gmail dot com. Let us know your thoughts too. So um and before we get to Raw, I wanna spend this time to um on I wanna spend this time to give some people some some, some shout outs here. And also email us uh, or uh, inbox the Crave Wrestling Facebook page um, if you want a shout out. Uh, whatever we we are, Crave Wrestling is really check out our Facebook page. There's so much interaction. There's so much really cool interaction on our Facebook page. Um, just it, that is the Facebook page is really cool. Just continuing and continuing to grow. Absolutely love the Facebook page. Uh, and it's, uh, every day there's just so much of uh, news and so so much information, so much cool stuff, uh, so many cool videos and so much uh, up to up to date uh, news just going on the Crave Wrestling Facebook page every day. Uh, so it's it's great, and we also uh, uh, announced today that we're going to start just giving shout outs to indie wrestling promotions that i mean we the crave wrestling through our, through the the show live and through our major outlets through bleach report and through itunes i mean we reach tens of thousands of people uh, every week and so you know we we have a a huge following uh, throughout the pro wrestling world and and we're very thankful for that and we want to use um, our road to continuing to grow and continuing to get followers and supporters and subscribers on iTunes. We want to use that opportunity to um, to make other people uh, and other um, upcoming indie promotions and websites and companies, wrestling companies, we want to make them uh, uh, notable as well. So, um, of course, you know, there's sponsorships and it usually involves money and, you know, we'd love your, we, we love your money. We love your donations, uh, you know, go to PayPal and, 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 and donate to Crave Wrestling at gmail.com. Uh, so we'd love your donations because, you know, it takes, it takes money to, uh, it takes our money, you know, Derek and I's money to to keep this show rolling. So we love your donations uh, to to continue to expand pancakes and power slams and even greater heights. So, but there's there's times that we just really want to give. We want to give back to um, all the supporters. And so, um, first of all, like the Facebook page, and then Facebook us. Uh, give us a message or, or email us crave, crave wrestling at gmail dot com. 
give us give us a, uh, your your company, your wrestling company. Give us, um, you know, if you're an indie wrestler, you know, give us uh, where you're going to be. Give us your dates. You know, give us that information so we can promote you, so we can give you some exposure to all the listeners that we have every week. So with that being said, um, I'm going to start off uh, today with doing that. Um, we've we got a lot of uh we got a lot of bites uh when we made the announcement today. And so be sure to just flood us with the the messages of whatever webs whatever websites you have wrestling websites you have, whatever wrestling Facebook page, whatever wrestling event that you're going to be wrestling at. And uh you know, hopefully uh you'll be one of the few that is announced uh live on the show. So with that being said, there's a couple um that we're going to announce today, uh, one of them being um, from Jeremy Beckelheimer. Uh, he has a faith-based uh, Christian wrestling promotion out of Woodstock, Georgia, called Kingdom Franchise Wrestling. So check that out. It's, it's a very good concept, and uh, you know, uh, being a very d- devoted and uh, diehard and committed Christian that I am, uh, when he gave me this. When he gave me this message, I was I was absolutely excited and 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 uh, just really excited to to promote this guy and the federation that he's involved with. So Kingdom Franchise Wrestling, um, they are planning an come an event called the Uprising, and uh, for more uh, to, to contact them or for more information on Kingdom Franchise Wrestling. Their Instagram is Kingdom Franchise Wrestling, and the Twitter is KFW. So K uh, underscore, um, let's see, K underscore F underscore W underscore. So Kingdom Franchise Wrestling, uh, check them out. Uh, looks like uh, good peeps over there and, and avid supporters of the Crave Wrestling Facebook page. Also, we have an indie wrestler named Jimmy D. He's been wrestling for 20 years, and it was trained by Harley, uh, Harley Race and Ivan Koloff, and also uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard. And he wrestled for uh, NWA Central States, uh, which was a very, very uh, big uh, promotion uh, in the 70s, and also MMWA. So check him out. His name is Jimmy D., uh, so that's 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 really awesome. That's uh, that he is uh, just really, you know, a long-standing indie guy that's uh, wanted some promotion, and, and and there you go. So I mean, we we got a lot of uh, responses, and and just be sure to respond uh, every week. Just just send us a Facebook uh, message, and we'll see if we can get you live on the show uh, to um, to promote you. So. And they didn't they didn't pay us a dime for that. Free of charge, we want to give back, and so that's our way of giving back to make sure that we uh, promote you all. And uh, so be sure to uh, like our Facebook page, send us a message of uh, whatever you want to get promoted, wrestling wrestling related, and we will uh, do our best to try to get you live on the show. So special announcement coming back on the other side, as well as Raw Talk coming shortly. Here we go. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners. Three. Our mind. Let's go. 
the whole squad is making it clear we taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them to the max. And I'm Das Wonderkin with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome. Never lost faith. You in all space. You can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit. Now I am Glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals, using God for my defense. In Alabama, we jamming. That's beautiful Bobby eating. Me and Priest, we the dangerous alliance. Nah, the Harlem Heat. Tie the do-rag before we do battle. You're talking sheep. You all what you speak. This too sweet. Till the number is just back. We repping that wolf pack. The foundation shaking. No mistaking. Yeah, we shook that. Trusting God, we trust. Pushing forward. Never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness. Some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap. He turning the power on. On the razor's edge. Leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful. The owners in our group, too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move, too. You crew. I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. And the grand scheme is that easy. We tag teaming. Donner Brothers, we love it. Demand the win. Establish it. This the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. All right, ladies and gentlemen, special announcement for this week. Next week we have a special guest for the episode 146 on the road to 150. We are Crave Wrestling is more, more, more than happy and more than pleased to announce that our special guest for episode 146 is none other than former Ring of Honor television champion, Matt Taven will be on the show next week. That's going to be really, really exciting. Current member of the Kingdom, with of course Adam Cole and Mike Bennett and Maria. And so, just really, really excited about just having more and more names, more and more awesome names uh, on the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Also got a big, big name confirmed for 150. Be sure to um, tune in next week for that big name for big big name for 150, and it's going to be very interesting because I know that he's going to have a lot, a whole lot to say about a decision that was made last year. So that's my that's my clue of who it is. It's going to be a very controversial and interesting uh, 150th episode. But next week is going to be. I'm really excited to talk to Matt Taven, just his evolution from. Uh, the Indies to ROH and winning the television championship, having an, uh, a very lengthy television championship run. Uh, one of the 
longest television champions in Ring of Honor history, uh, being with Truth Martini and House of Truth. Um, that's really his heel turn really put him on the map as far as being uh, a, a premier uh, uh, upper mid-card uh, Ring of Honor star. It really helped him out, and then he broke away from Truth Martini, of course, and um, was a was a face for a little bit, then left and came back and joined the kingdom. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, just where Matt Taven is right now, what his, what his goals are for ROH and what his goals are, period. So we're going to have him on the show, and I'm really, really excited about uh, the interview for next week, episode 146. Episode 146 is going to be phenomenal. Episode 150 is going to be the greatest thing to ever happen on this show, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we're serious. This is big time. I mean, this is, you know, let's just say that Michael Jackson's going to be on. I mean, this is a big name that's just going to be here. It's going to be phenomenal. And this is Pancakes and Power Slams. Except we've, we've talked a lot about football tonight. That's great. Great, because Raw has been meh. Well, could yeah. be getting better, though. I mean, with the authority coming back, I'm not sure how happy I am. We've got some things to say about that. We've got 30 minutes. Chris? Yeah, I'm what totally happened? not happy about uh, – I'm not happy about the authority coming back. I think it was rushed. I think it was – I think that – see, here's the thing, and I, and I, and I said last week that – the, the Raw last week was actually not too bad. I, I was okay with it until the very long and drawn-out ending as far as bringing the authority back and the whole curb stomp and holding Edge's head to the to the briefcase for it seemed like an hour. But that wasn't too bad. As far as everything, you know, they stacked, they stacked the deck pretty good. And the, and the one before that, too, wasn't too bad either. Um, they stacked the deck on that episode as far as having, uh, you know, Jericho and, and Lesnar and uh, a lot of good stuff. So, but as far as this episode is concerned, I, I was not as intrigued as I was with the guest hosts. Um, I liked the guest host uh, concept with the exception of Ho-Ho Hogan, which was too gimmicky for me. And the, the anonymous general manager was was a no go for me as well, um, but everyone else was okay. And you know, I I just with the authority coming back, it just seems like they're really clawing and scratching to really find something. Their reset button is going to be the Royal Rumble, and it seems as if and I, and I know that the authority is going to carry over to. Um, to, to the WrestleMania, and I'm, and I'm sure we're going to see Sting here in the next few weeks or a few months. I know that it's going to lead to, you know, the WWE getting their power back or Vince getting his power back or whoever getting their power back by Sting coming to save the day. Or as all WWE personnel has to say, have to say the vigilante Sting, which still doesn't make any sense to me. But... I, I see that. I, I see that it's, it's going to lead to that. But I, I just don't like. It just seems like they're really just on the on the fly booking. And I've mentioned this before in episodes. It just seems like 
we're, we're seeing more on the fly booking. And I don't like that. I don't I don't like the fact that it looks like it. Now if on the fly booking actually happen, you know, every week, at least let us know at least throw some shock value in there for one or for two. At least don't let us see that. Because Eric Bischoff, you know, it seemed like he did some on the fly booking most of the time, you know, on Nitro. But at least there was some shock value that was involved with Nitro that made us look. Now there was it got too shocking, and of course that that dreadful day of January 1999 for Eric Bischoff was, you know, was probably one of his biggest regrets that he's ever made by having Tony Schiavone announcing that uh, Mankind was going to win the WWE Championship. Now that shock value was. You know, that was probably his most pivotal moment to his demise. But everything else, you know, him calling out Vince and and things like that, that was good TV. That was must-see TV every week at Nitro. And it was just in-your-face type of, um, you know, type type of uh, competitiveness. They had a really competitive edge to them. And you saw it. You saw it on TV. You really didn't see the -the on-the-fly booking aspect as much as you saw the really, really rugged, the really aggressive, the really severe competitive edge that Eric Bischoff had. Now, WWE doesn't have much competition. They don't really don't have any competition. And so you can see it. That on-the-fly booking is more of a, we don't have competition, so we don't have to really step it up like we did in the Attitude Era. Uh, and 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 you, you you see it, and we saw it this week too, I believe. I, it just seems like, I mean, okay, so Ryback, Dolph Ziggler, and Eric Roman gets fired. Okay, they're first of all they're not really fired, you know, and and it's like kayfabe isn't even really cool anymore because you just the kayfabe doesn't even calls cliffhangers the kayfabe that doesn't really it doesn't even really blend in with reality anymore and it's like i just don't like how you know how they booked those three people i hope that the payoff ends with you know all three of them having good spots at mania i hope that but i don't i don't see that uh, if anything They'll come back before the Royal Rumble and all be in the Royal Rumble, but as far as you know, spots on on Mania, maybe Ryback and Dolph Ziggler, maybe, but very very doubtful for Eric Rowan. And so, you know, we we saw. And speaking of those three, you know, the first match of the night was with Dolph, was Dolph Ziggler against Bad News Beard. This came from the authority the authority coming back and explaining. You know, Sting explaining the whole Sting thing and Sting putting them out of power, and Dolph Ziggler being the one that you know uh, pinned Seth Rollins, and 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 Dolph Ziggler shouldn't go anywhere because he's going to fight then. And Bad News Baird, who we we both talked about last week, who's going to most likely be a heel very soon. He came out as a face last week, but. We were both right. He's going to be a heel soon, and we saw it yesterday. I uh, announced it. I uh, announced it on the Crave Wrestling page that he was doing some heel work, 
this weekend, uh, last weekend, on, on WWE live events against John Cena. So I knew that he was going to be heel again, and we saw it. But he won the Intercontinental Championship match again. He, he won the Intercontinental Championship again, and and this is fifth time. I don't. It's just something. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, before he left with this injury, I was a big Bat News Beard fan. I, I liked him. I liked the the music. I liked the. I've, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I loved it. It was cool. But now it, it there's just something about it that's just really lost its luster. I think the momentum that's that was going behind it before his injury has really faded a lot. And him just becoming Intercontinental Champion, I understand they did it to make Dolph Ziggler lose because of a punishment. I get it. Kane was involved. I get it. So it wasn't really a clean win. Ziggler won and it was changed to a a two out of three falls after he was attacked and ran into everything around the ring and in the ring. I get it. But it really didn't. It wasn't a wow, it wasn't a big wow moment to me, and I don't know if this was the best decision to do. I understand the fact that, if anything, I would have fired Dolph Ziggler while having the Intercontinental title. That would have put a little bit more intrigue in it, and I think that that would have caused Barrett's win to be a little bit better, because it was, you know, it was so rigged, it was so... Just it wasn't. It was kind of anticlimactical, and I wasn't really enthused about the decision to to make Barrett win in this fashion. Yeah, not at all. I mean, the bad news, Barrett. I mean, he deserves a little better than that for the fact because there was really no build behind it. It just came out of nowhere. And as a matter of fact, the match went on way too long. I mean, it just yeah. kept going on. That's two out of three, and okay, well. But again, it went on too long because Ziggler was so messed up, and you know, like you said, he ran into everything. I mean, chairs, ladder. I mean, everything was thrown at that guy, and he's half dead. And then the match keeps going on, and okay, it was dumb. It was in poor taste, and it really doesn't do anything for either one. It wasn't a legitimate win, and it wasn't a legitimate lose for Ziggler. I mean, he he got screwed out of it, and we all saw that, and that's what's going on with it, but, I mean, he's got a rebound from this. Maybe a WrestleMania spot. That's a great analogy, and maybe he wins it back from, you know, has his WrestleMania moment, but, all right, we'll see. But, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was, it was kind of hard to watch. Yeah, it was. It sure was, and then after that, uh, we get some, some, Bray Wyatt's uh, interviewing, um, and then that leads to, oh, goodness, just the worst, to me, the, the absolute worst moment, worst part of the night. Oh, goodness. They start, the Ascension comes out. First of all, they came, they came out as baby faces, which is which is absolutely ridiculous. Um. They 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 come out as 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 baby faces and beat the Miz and Mizdow. Don't understand why they decided to beat the Miz and Mizdow. They could have totally beat 
lost Metadores or, or some team like that. But they beat Miz and Mizdow, which, you know, people who watch NXT is kind of puzzled because, you know, they were very, very big heels in, in NXT and, you know, they're still taping, still, they're still kind of involved in NXT uh, right now, you know. So they were feuding, feuding against Hideo Tommy and Finn Balor. So it, it's kind of weird to see them as heels on NXT and, and babyfaces on the show. So that was weird. So they started wrestling jobbers. They bring, they're, ladies and gentlemen, it's 2015 and they're bringing jobbers back. So they, yeah, I they, they 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 went against Jobbers on SmackDown, which was really weird, and then they cut at just one of the worst promos I've ever seen in my life. They start talking about demolition, and they said that they'll destroy them, and then they start talking about the Road Warriors, and the worst thing is when is when Victor said, "Oh, what a rush." And then Connor says, oh, what a joke. Now, Hawk is deceased. And, I, you know, we reported on the Cray Wrestling Facebook site that Lance Storm was legitimately ticked off about this. He, he's, you know, he was watching Raw. He was giving us the commentary during Raw. And he was really upset. He was so upset that he turned, like, he tweeted that he turned the show off after this, just because he was good friends of, you know, LOD, and a Hawk has passed away, and to just say, oh, what a joke, you know, to just basically taint and tarnish and just really step on the memory of, in my opinion, the best tag team ever. So, and the thing, you know, what's so interesting about that, it, it even seemed as if JBL broke kayfabe, and was saying some things like, yeah, you couldn't even hold their, you know, strap their boots and things like that. And he was, it even seemed like he broke kayfabe when that happened. And the thing is, most of, you know, most of the promos are, are scripted. Uh, so I'm, I'm imagining that JBL wasn't too, wasn't aware that he was going to say that, which caused him to break kayfabe a bit. But, the writers a lot of times has to go through many channels to get that, you know, finalized and scripted. There's so many rewrites that happen throughout a day for Raw. So I'm trying to understand how that got to the final draft and was and was actually live. That was a, a, a tasteless, that was tasteless to me. First of all, who was the ascension compared to the road war, well, even demolition. Demolition, to me, I believe the demolition was overrated as a team, but at least they made they they made so, you know such a mark in WWE history. Who was the ascension even compared to demolition? If Axe and Smash, you know, put some face paint on the, on themselves now and came out as sixty year old people. You know, sixty-year-old tag team, they would have bigger pops than the Ascension would be. So it was tasteless. It was ridiculous. And to me, the Ascension could just go away. They, they were, and I've even said it. In, they, they, they were boring in NXT. They were one-dimensional. And 
you know, they they bring back jobbers. It was ridiculous to bring back jobbers, and the whole Ascension segment was just a total waste of time. Total waste of time. It was a waste of time, and it's almost like, did they do this on purpose? <laughs> because, uh, I mean, obviously, I don't think we're going to see them again. I mean, there's got to be a big outcry about their comments and everything. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it opened my eyes when I heard him say that. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't, if they're trying really hard to be the bad guy or something, if they just went south. I mean, it's not, you don't do that with wrestling folks. So, uh, it's, uh, I don't think you're going to see much of it anymore. It's kind of almost like a shockmaster moment to me. If you, can, you know, they they have all the sides made it totally book because they say something stupid or they trip over a board. So, yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, I don't think much is going to come out anymore, and I don't think we'll be talking about the Ascension a month from now. So. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't see anything going with them. Roman Reigns against the Big Show. They're they're scheduling these matches on Raw, and they're leading, and they're having screwy finishes, and, and, and Roman Reigns won, won by disqualification again here, and Big Show... Calls the Roman Wayne, Roman Reigns to win by disqualification on SmackDown against Rusev, and you know, I I don't know, I don't I don't I, I've been saying that I think that Big Show and, and Roman Reigns is, is good, but I, I don't really see the payoff in this. Is this a and I said before? Is this a Royal Rumble match? You know and. I'm I'm not a big fan of this decision. I think it's not really a good idea and and just placing them, you know, it's one of those things that and and even Vince Russo said this before, you know, there's sometimes that when you're booking a match and you're booking two names to go at it, there's just sometimes that they shouldn't even touch until probably you know the, the go home show or even the pay-per-view. So just scheduling matches every week with screwy finishes that's not really helping them as as a as an angle it's not really helping their feud and it makes me just scratch my head every week and it, as and to be honest which is making me lose interest in the feud yeah the feud's gotten stale already i mean it's cuz it's yeah there's no put up behind it they've already wrestled how many times now and it's yeah, what's the big payoff of the pay-per-view? What's the big stipulation? I mean, it's nothing interesting because it's a big show, and it's a uh, you know Roman Reigns. He needs more credibility than just beating the big show. It's almost like Mark Henry walking in saying, "I'm big and tough," and you know, it yeah. can't you can't have that. And you know, Reigns deserves to have a little better if they're going to give him more and put the payload on him eventually. Yeah, Natalia beats uh, Nikki Bella. Um... Yeah, I'm 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 okay with this. Uh, I'm totally okay with this and um I I think that Natalia should be uh you know, pushed and at least on the winning streak cuz she's a really good hand uh in the in the division, but I mean, I hope Naomi gets a push. I think she'd be a good face for the division. But Nikki Bella's champ is just boring to me. It's boring, and it's they've lost their mark. Paige has turned even out. You, they've got yeah. no hope. He's gone. It's you know they've lost their last gas. 
I'm really not interested yeah. a whole lot. But uh, yeah, OH. Yeah. Yeah, I O exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean Paige is a, a face now. It's, I mean, it's weird how they did that. Lisa Fox played the face for a while because of Paige was like the fa- the heel, and then because of Total Divas, I know that there's some some stuff going on between Italian Paige, but they're playing like like Paige is kind of playing her friend and. She's kind of playing the the face route again. It's just weird. And I said even on the show, I think a, a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, two two or so weeks ago, that will they turn Paige face because of the ovation that she got in many, uh, yeah, I think they were in Minneapolis, Minnesota that week. And it seems like that's part of it. And I, I'd imagine Total Divas being another part. I mean, I like Paige. Uh, she's actually my favorite uh, diva other than Naomi. But uh, I don't know. It just seems like her as a face, just how they did it was just ridiculous. Real quick, uh, they uh, going into this, um, they started talking about Stuart Scott, which uh, definitely deserves a moment of silence. Um, really sad moment, 49 years old. And Lost his batter with cancer, but according to him, uh, he won because uh, his life was was living uh, the way that he wanted it to be, and he wasn't. Uh, he didn't allow cancer uh, to just overtake his life. He was still an amazing commentator, and of course, uh, spent over 20 years in ESPN. A legend a legend in the sports commentating business. And if I could even rub, if I even had a chance to rub off, to rub his shoulders um, as as a commentator myself, if I had a chance to be in the same room with him, a fly on the wall uh, when he was living, that would be an honor to me. So um, we're going to give Stuart Scott, the legendary Stuart Scott, a moment of silence right now. Booyah! Man, Stuart Scott's the man. Anything on that, Derek? Oh, you know, I mean, he's been around forever. I mean, it's almost like uh, Al Michaels or you know, something like that. Somebody, uh, mm-hmm. Lou Holtz. You know, you can't replace somebody like that. And it's just something, you know, he's like the Howard Cosell of, uh, of our time. I mean, honestly. The Gordon Soley, not so much. Not Sue Play guy. <laughs> belly to belly, Sue Play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, you know, uh, yeah, Stuart Scott, and, and I love just all of the heartfelt, um, just really, it's one of those things that <laughs> the, the, the commentators try their best to really hold back their tears, but I'm sure that he had such an influence of them that it's lasting. Absolutely lasting. And forty nine is such a young age, but he, you know, to live your dream for you know half your life, just just about, is something that people envy for. So uh, I'm sure that there was a smile on his face uh, on his way out to to a better place. So kudos to Stuart Scott. Um, absolutely. Um, <laughs> speaking of speaking of cooler than the other side of the pillow. 
uh, Eric Rowan stock. <laughs> that's that's who's cooler than the other side of the pillow. Um, yeah, definitely not big on uh, Eric Rowan. I, I like Eric Rowan a lot, but just the, the way that they're booking him is not good at all. Losing to Luke Harper and then getting jumped by J&J Security, um, not really a, a good idea. Uh, they killed his credibility. I mean, he's totally done now. Luke Harper still has a little uh, couple breaths in him, but you know, he's just going to be, I don't know. He almost reminds me of, uh, what was his name, Bruiser Brody, as far as like the way he yeah. looks and just the look in his eye. I mean, mm-hmm. you can always go that way with him and keep him relevant, maybe just to be a ruffian. Uh, Eric Rowan, he's uh, he's got the mask. That's about all he's got now. and I don't see that going too much. So he kind of looks like Lamb Chop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could have done something with him, you know, just the sheep and the fa- the baby face, you know, his size. They could have done something, but they just bombed when they put it put him in the in the feud with with Big Show was a good idea, but just using him at the expense of Roman Reigns really just to put Show over a little bit more. Probably wasn't the best idea. I'm sure Big what Show could have he could have, yeah, exactly. Big Show could have been in a few with someone else and, and, and got over in that case. But uh, for for time restraints, uh, we you know Bray Wyatt and 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 Dean Ambrose. Uh, I'll let you you know have your take on that. Just like I've said before, you know this is this is Bray Wyatt's feud. This is for the sake of making Bray Wyatt better, uh, putting him over, making him a stronger name. And I think that that's very unfair for, for Dean Ambrose. Yeah, it's horrible for Ambrose. And he's got so much more to offer. He's got a lot to give. And he's going to continue to give it. Through <clears throat> thick or thin, I mean, the guy's got it. Uh, he's got nothing else to lose. He just has to perform to the top. I think he can do that. I mean, there's something in him that's just it's, it's going to come through. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, WWE going to get rid of him? No, they're never going to. And they're not really going to yeah. tarnish his name to the point where he's almost a uh, uh, Cesaro or anything. So, I mean, this is for Bray Wyatt. But, I mean, uh, he's going to stick around as far as Ambrose. He's going to stick around. He's going to – it was so gimmicky last night. I mean, that match just – it was ridiculous. I guess I can't get on enough about it. I just <laughs> – Yeah. They deserve better. Bray deserves a better opponent. Ambrose deserves a better opponent. And it's just it's just putting over Bray. They're really building Bray up for something. I mean, it better be the best thing I've ever seen or else. If I was Ambrose, mm. hey, New Japan's looking kind of good. But not really. Oh, yeah. Wrestle, wrestle, well, Wrestle Kingdom 9 was absolutely amazing uh, for all the New Japan fans and um, yeah, Russell Kingdom Nine. We don't have we don't have much time. Only got a few minutes left. But Russell Kingdom Nine, definitely. If you haven't watched it, watch it, order it, whatever you know, pay per view, you know, app, you know, there there is. Um, yes, watch Russell Kingdom Nine. Definitely worth the watch. Awesome, awesome um, event uh, for New Japan and GFW. For time constraints, you know, just gonna go through the uh go through the rest of them. Miss Damian missed down Alicia Fox beating the Usos and Naomi. Uh and of course uh you had that Ryback losing to Seth Rollins and Kane on his way to getting fired and and then the New Day 
uh, beating Adam Rose, uh, well, Big E defeating Adam Rose by disqualification because uh, of uh, Cesaro and Tyson Kidd, which I, you know, I, I'm okay with that with that tag team. Um, at least it gives them something to do. And of course, John Cena appreciation leads to Ziggler, Rowan, and um, Ziggler, Rowan, and Ryback getting fired. And we've already talked about that, uh, you know, as far as uh, what they're going to do with that. Hopefully there's a good payoff with with that. So real quick, a couple minutes, uh, we're going to just just talk real quick about uh, the (laughs) – we're going to talk about the the, one of the worst – one of three worst um, Royal Rumble wins of all time. That comes from the 1989 Royal Rumble in which Big John Studd won by – Eliminating Ted DiBiase. Um, people like Hulk Hogan was in the Royal Rumble, and Andre the Giant was in the Royal Rumble as well. And Hulk Hogan had like a bunch of eliminations that night. It was it was really funny. Like I think it was like close to ten, maybe like eight or nine, maybe. And so yeah, and out of everybody that was in there. Big John Stud, and he didn't do anything with it afterwards. So it was really interesting to see him being the choice to win, seeing that there was no type of payoff after it. I mean, what was that? It was ridiculous. I mean, Big John Stud. I mean, I give him his props. I mean, the dude was a beast. But yeah, it was a pointless win. Who was in the boardroom yeah. that decided Big John Stud's going to win? I mean, what President Jack Tunney was. Jack Tunney. <laughs> WWF, it's ridiculous. I yes, I don't understand it. I love Big John Stud. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Stud fan too. But that in '89, you know, his stock in the WWE wasn't high, and it showed in latter years that uh, that was just a very pointless Royal Rumble win. All right, we're running out of time, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome, awesome show, 145. Um, half of it was, was football talk, so go Bucks! And we're excited about the, the championship game next week, and we're excited about the interview next week of former ROH television champion Matt Taven. So continue to support us. Continue to send us your uh, message on Facebook to get some shout-outs for the week. There's something we're going to be doing um, you know, all the time now just to give back, so we're thankful for that. So thank you so much for continuing to support. Episode 145 is in the books. 146 is next week, so continue to support. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, have a great week. Enjoy your week of wrestling. Daddy loves Elijah, and God bless. Goodbye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.